0: Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Ole Peterson, Director of the Cardiff University Academia European Knowledge Hub, Rup Malik, Associate Professor at the Tata Institute of Fundamental Research, and Nobel Laureate Erwin Neyer, Director Emeritus of Membrane Biophysics at the Max Planck Institute of Biophysical Chemistry. Doctors Peterson, Malik, and Nair joined us for a webinar in which they discussed how the COVID-19 virus uses receptor-mediated endocytosis to gain entry into host cells, how motor proteins guide endosomes and phagosomes from the cell surface to lysosomes, and how intracellular calcium buffering can be used to modulate cell signaling and calcium imaging. Let's jump right in. Okay, so let's jump in. A first question today is for Ole. The question being, which of the, the transport proteins that you mentioned do you think provides the most attractive molecular target for developing a potential therapy or prevention against COVID-19?
1: Yeah, you know, The most uh, attractive target as such would be the, the proton pump since the inhibition of that pump really totally abolishes uh, virus uptake. Uh, baphylamycin is an antibiotic and uh, has been used, but unfortunately it is fairly toxic and it has been difficult actually to make modifications of baphylamycin that are entirely safe to use, but that uh, that could still happen. And that could, in principle, be a uh, very interesting solution. Uh, two port channels have frequently been mentioned as potential targets, and they are uh, inhibitors of these two port channels. So again, I think that is a, a realistic possibility, which has so far not been exploited to the uh, extent that perhaps is, is desirable. But I think both of these ta- are, are potential targets, which could actually prove quite important.
0: Excellent. Great answer. Erwin and Rup, do you have anything to add on to that?
1: Well, I mean, blocking the
2: proton pump may not be so good, good an idea because it's involved in so many things, you know, and how would you hit the virus specifically without messing up everything else?
1: Yes, that is certainly true. However, it could be that there is a kind of short window of opportunity where you could, in a sort of short time timeframe, uh, use it. It's clearly a, a, a toxic procedure, which, of course, most interventions are at some point. But sometimes there can be a balance of opportunities. I'm not at all sure that this will be the answer, but I think it is a potential intervention.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. And there's a a similar question here that came in near the end of Rup's presentation. So Rup, I'll address this one to you. But if you did manipulate the calcium signal or the calcium concentration, how uh, would unaffected cells not be affected? Would that lead to side effects? And could it be a possible strategy to block calcium or cholesterol channels to help treat COVID-19?
3: It is difficult for me to answer this question because this, you know, this finding that the The cholesterol effect, which I talked about, is just a few years old. And I don't know of any direct evidence where the calcium levels can play around with the organization of cholesterol on the membrane. But that's an interesting idea. Unfortunately, I don't have a direct answer for this. I will be
0: very honest. Excellent. Ole, Erwin, anything to contribute to this one?
1: Well, I mean, uh, clearly, calcium is uh, crucial. I think manipulation of calcium is a possibility, but the only way you can do it is probably in practice by interfering with the transport proteins. Clearly, inhibitors of calcium channels are widely used in therapies of all sorts of different uh, diseases. So for that reason, I think, for example, that hitting two channels is a possibility since they are obviously important in a lot of different functions, but not necessarily absolutely essential for all cell functions.
0: Excellent. Thanks. Next question, Erwin, I'll direct this one to you. Why do you claim that the presence of calcium buffers has no effect or very little effect in some situations?
2: Well, I try to explain this, you know, because the buffers take up the calcium, so that reduces the amplitude of the signal. But uh, at the same time, It delays, it lengthens the action because, as I explained, in the end effect, a proton entering the cell will have to be taken out through pumps, you know, and for that reason, a given ion has to stay a certain time in the cytosol, and during that same time, it also can do its action on a process you are interested in. It's the equivalence of the kind of fraction of calcium being available for being taken out with the fraction of calcium being active in a process. So, I hope this intuitive explanation is catching on. Now, of course, you can formulate this in a few simple equations and, and, and prove that.
0: Excellent. Yeah, great answer. Ole, I'll direct this next question to you here, but do you know if there's any evidence for calcium involvement for COVID-19 in lung epithelial cells?
1: Well, I would imagine that it would be a very similar situation. Of course, the pancreatic cells I talk about are epithelial cells. In the epithelial cells, the virus would be taken up by endocytosis as it is in all different cell types. So I think what I talked about would probably be generally uh, the case in, in, in all different uh, cell types. What is still uh, very much uh, unclear at the moment is uh, what type of endocytosis process is used. There's obviously clustering independent uh, endocytosis and class, independent endocytosis. And uh, there are sort of different data from different groups and different cell types about the exact proportion between these. But uh, the general fact that all uh, endocytic virus uptake is dependent on both the pH and and the calcium, I think that is uh, a general rule and as such is applicable to considerations of infection of any cell type.
0: Excellent. All right. And I think in the interest of time, we'll just have a a few more questions here. We have gotten a lot of great questions come in. But here's a recent one. Does exocytosis play a role in coronavirus spread or do the cells just uh, kind of explode? And if exocytosis does play a role, are there any putative exocytosis mechanisms that could be targeted? Maybe, Rube, I'll direct this one to you first.
3: I think there is a mechanism of exocytosis. This is not very clearly understood about targeting it exactly. I think it's too early to uh, to comment on that, but I don't think this is a mechanism where the cells basically, the virus keeps multiplying and it, you know, the cells basically burst. So uh, it is an exocytic mechanism, but again, that being said, the processes that regulate this exercise partly understood for many other different kinds of viruses. Including some of the SARS family of viruses, and uh, it is likely to be therefore uh, an
0: society process. Excellent. And Ole uh, or Erwin, do you have anything to add on to this?
1: No, not really. I think uh, Rob has explained this as well as he can at this point in time with the knowledge that we have. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think maybe. Yeah, we'll make this the next, the last question. And this one's for Ole. Are there any other cell types apart from the pancreatic ester cells in which NADP plays an important physiological role and which could therefore be used for further exploration of NADP's role in virus infection?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a very important cell that uses NADP as an intracellular messenger, and that is are the T cells. The T cells, which obviously play a huge role in uh, the fight against infection they operate in a calcium manner and the calcium entry is dependent on an NADP release inside the cells. So they could be extremely interesting cells to look at. Uh, however, unlike the pancreatic acid cells, to the best of my knowledge, they don't have these two very separate calcium signaling systems which provide particular opportunities for a kind of test and control experiments in the in the very same cell and even in the same time frame. But the T cells are definitely of, of, of very great interest in this context.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.